On today's Midcourt Madness, Biggs, I'm sad. Why sad, John? College basketball is over. We're going to try podcasting through the offseason, but I, what the hell are we going to talk about? Uh, we could talk about any one of the 1,500 players in the transfer portal oh, on a, a daily point. basis. We could have a pod every 20 minutes, basically, and refreshing the transfer portal if we wanted to. That's a good point. That, you know, you just excited me a little bit. We have a blank campus. We have so many topics we can talk about. We're not limited to game recaps, game previews, nothing of that. Darn right. Let's get into it. So, Biggs, we've had about a week and a half to just sit here and digest the season ever since Baylor, you know, destructed Gonzaga. Um, what's sort of – let's just talk about big takeaways from the season. Just sort of do a little reminiscing about the season that was. What's your first big takeaway? It's true. The, 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 the offseason is a week and a half old, and I already miss college hoops. This is always – I'm always followed by this kind of seasonal sadness. Uh, you know, April showers bring May flowers. Uh, the showers really are, are coming from my eyeballs. Yeah, um, lots of shot, like lots of tears, and I, I found myself just, what do I do? What about what? Who am I anymore? You know, I've got to find myself again. And I decided, you know, who I'm going to be. I'm going to follow more college basketball in the off season because we're we're headed towards uh, maybe an unprecedented amount of of change with with some of the rules that that they've been that they've been discussing here and, and tossing around. Uh, the amount of turnover that we're that we're about to face in the in the uh, you know the transfer portal, uh, the amount of coaching turnover there's been, um, you know the number of guys that declare for the NBA draft every season just continues to skyrocket. It's incredible amounts of movement, and, and you know this is the one thing, uh, the thing that I always like about college that I, that one of the things that I like about college that I don't like about the NBA is that the season actually seems more important. Right in the NBA, it's all it's all hot stove all the time. You know, which star is going to want to get traded? Who's going to get traded? When? When's Giannis going to be a free agent? Twenty twenty seven. Which free agent is going to go to the Lakers? And then the off season comes, and it's like, this guy signs here, this guy signs here. Who's getting traded? And the off season's more exciting than the season. Mm-hmm. And I don't like that. I, I don't. You know, the hot stove stuff. I don't know. It gets. It, I can only take so much of it, and probably because the teams I like never actually get the good players. Maybe that's part of it. Probably shaping my opinion. But college basketball is kind of headed towards that here with, with the amount of turnover. I mean, it's, yeah. it's kind of like I think the Wild West gets thrown around by just about everybody who talks college hoops. And uh, I'm not going to say the Wild West. I'm just going to say, like, the insane West. <laughs> so it's crazy. Yeah, no. And like, I didn't answer your question at all. I, yeah. I just, I just kind of went monologue there on my yeah, own feelings. No, well, that's so what I'm you more do, important. So it's, like, it's the offseason. We're getting loosey-goosey with it. All right, so yeah, let's. Uh, yeah, no, she's sleeping. It actually leads into the first we're thing. Um, if you hop on Twitter right now and you're going through some of the, if you're following some of the big college basketball guys, it's just full of transfer news. This guy's transferring. This guy committed here. Also, this guy's returning for his fifth season, which has never happened before. In any this guy's year. entering the draft, but he might not enter the draft, and which, he might keep way, his eligibility, is, but he might transfer, but he might not. That is the stupidest thing. Why can't please they please pay attention to why, it? Why don't they say they're gonna? Test the draft waters. Or no, not really. Like, really the main thing, the reason that they do that is to get advice from NBA coaches on how they can improve. Right. And then, I mean, if they do get good advice and they say, or not good advice, but good reviews from the coaches, then they'll keep their name in the NBA draft. But at the end of the day, like, a lot of those guys are just going to come back. They're going to 
the NBA combine, the NBA tryouts, and just getting the feedback from the coaches so that they can come back to college and work on, say, three-point shooting or ball screening or whatever it may be. So why can't it just be, I hate the term, I'm going to declare declare for the draft but not sign with an agent. That's actually changed, too. In recent years, you actually can sign with an agent. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, that's that's changed over the last couple of years where actually there are now, like, NCAA certified agents. So even when they say, I'm signing with an agent, it's like, okay, but, like, so are you coming back? It's it's made it the muddies the it muddies the waters even more now. So now you now you know when we're doing these uh, these these way too early preseason rankings and we're trying to figure out okay well this team's going to actually lose these guys well these guys are all going to declare but they're going to come back. It's it's getting even more difficult. So yeah, um, it's crazy. Yeah. And so just keeping back on the topic, um, Villanova, I think it was two nights ago, had about a five minute span where they found out. Colin Gillespie, they're basically the leader of their team, um, their point guard, who tore, was it, I think it was his ACL during the Big East tournament, is going to come back for a fifth year. Not entirely sure if he'd be back in time for the start of the season. We'll see on that one. As well as Jermaine Samuels, who I think he's more so their three player, two or three, um, is also going to be coming back. And so that's going to be a big boost for them. Yeah, I mean, that was uh... – a lot of these teams are looking for outside help, trying to hit that transfer portal and, and make trades and, you know, do all that kind of stuff and sign free agents. Um, Villanova just said, Hey, let's, let's have these, these seniors that aren't necessarily, you know, next level prospects, but damn good college players. Um, we're coming back. We don't want the last, we don't want the last thing. We don't want our last college experience to be uh, being in a hotel every single day and getting tested for COVID every single day. So, uh, and, and that's kind of the thing that, you know, people talk about it, but it, it probably doesn't get even enough talk. Is that you know so much of the college life is is being the big man on campus, right? You're you're the man at uh, at, at every at everything you do on these college campuses, especially one like Villanova, which is you know a smaller campus like that, where these guys are probably the bomb at their school, and you love uh, the programs that have that great culture, right? Well, if you don't really get to experience that, and, and you're a senior. And, and you're not, and you're not looking at the next level and, and trying to cash in tons of paychecks and stuff. If that just isn't a huge priority to you yet, why not come back? Yeah, I mean Villanova's gonna be a really good team. Yeah, uh, with those two guys especially. I mean they're gonna lose Jeremiah Robinson Earl, uh, but you bring back four starters from a team that was, you know, when fully healthy. I mean, could they have been the the one team that maybe beat Baylor? I mean they 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 gave a good run without without their stud point guard. They were preseason like, like a top five team, and they're really good, you know. So I don't. I mean, in the preseason rankings now, they're probably going to get vaulted up into the top five, I'm sure, because all those guys coming back. And even if Gillespie, I, I don't know, he tore his ACL in what, like early March? Yeah, it's maybe. That's usually like, like a nine month timeline. Eight to nine months at, at minimum. Did he tear his ACL? I don't even remember. Was it ACL? Was it his MCL? Let's say it was his ACL. Even if that's even a worst case scenario, he tears his ACL, um, and he's back by December. And maybe he's ramping up, and he's not. Was he? Was it a torn? Was it a torn? It's a torn MCL. See that that timeline's not nearly as bad then. Mm-hmm. So he he should be. But even I mean, even if you don't, even if he's a thirty-five minute a game a game guy, usually, let's say he's a 26, 27 minute a game guy for the first half of your season. They showed this year that I mean they can they can like survive without him. He doesn't maybe have to be the man, right? These kind of guys, they, they play outside their their roles a little bit. Like Brian, Brian Antoine's a guy that I think will have a big breakout year for them. But 
Gillespie's a, a, he's a key piece. And then, and then Samuels, as you said, he's probably like their third or fourth guy. But he's a, he's like a three or four year starter, and, and he gives them some toughness. And he was like a twelve and twelve and seven type of guy last year. And you can you can never have too many of those types of players on your team. So yeah, and one then, of the big standouts here early in the offseason. Yep, and they add in some recruits. Not really like no five star guys, but guys who can just add some depth and come off the bench and provide some key minutes to them as well. And that's what and that's what they do. That's what Villanova does. They're never going to be that that five star powerhouse. They tried that like a decade ago, and it just didn't work. And they've kind of gone back into their. They find their fit, right? They find they find guys in like that, that thirty to one fifty range. I mean, it's a big, it's a big range, but like they get successes in in that kind of range of recruiting where you know, freshmen aren't usually going to come in and light it up for them unless it's a really special player with a, a really special not look at me kind of personality. Um, but yeah, they've got what four top one hundred guys, four top one twenty five type yeah. guys, yeah. You know, and, and from last year's recruiting class, they got a handful of top, like, 75 – or not last year's, but the year before, they have, I think, four or five, like, top 100-ish guys where these guys start getting a little older and they get a little stronger. And and all of a sudden, you've got a, you've got a really good, old, experienced team. Yeah, and currently, I'm just looking at the 24-7 sports um, recruiting rankings, and obviously, there's going to be some change with guys committing who haven't committed yet. But currently, they are actually ranked number fourth in the country as far as – class rankings, which I mean, I think Kentucky and Duke were number one and two this past year. So I don't put a ton of thought process into that, but you know, when you're all you, when all you need is depth on your team and you have one of the best coaches in college basketball, having a four national ranking or a national rank recruiting of four to combine with some of your veteran leadership is really all you need. Yeah, absolutely. And those guys are now in positions where they don't have to come in and be the man. They don't have to come in and start and be, uh, you know, what all the freshmen at Kentucky and Duke have to be, where it's like if they stink, there's no parachute because you don't have any upperclassmen that are there to kind of lead the way. These Villanova guys, if, if they if they play well, um, you know, they can – they can uh, if they play well, they're going to earn more minutes, and if they don't, they, they get to grow and develop at their, kind of their own pace, you know. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, some of the other news as far as sort of um, another one of the weird rule changes with COVID everything and having another season to play is Eli Brooks just announced that he's going to return for his fifth season. Um, really a big boost for Michigan. You know, they do have – you look at the rotation for this past year, they do have a lot of guys who were seniors. Um, guys like Mike Smith, Shondi Brown are already leaving. Um Hunter Dickinson, I don't know if he has done the whole declaring, but testing. I wouldn't expect him to. Yeah. I think Wagner's probably gone. Franz Wagner, most people think he'll be gone. Uh, Isaiah Livers, I would assume, would be gone, considering he kind of tested the waters before and probably has more of a future as a as a professional than Eli Brooks. But that's kind of one of the fascinating you know, subplots to this offseason is that this last year doesn't count towards anybody's eligibility. So – how many good seniors do you have that are that are good, solid Eli Brooks type college players who are maybe the blue guy for your team, or, or in the case of Gillespie and Samuels, rock solid all conference caliber guys who just don't really project all that well to, to playing at the next level, and they want a little more of that that Villanova, they want a little more of that Villanova culture and lifestyle for another year. How many how many more guys are like that here in this college season? We're seeing a lot of it at the low levels, like the mid majors. You're seeing a ton of four year starters or three year starters at at small schools graduate transfer, opt into their fifth year, and then transfer. 
So your grad transfer pool is now getting way bigger. Um, but I'm curious now how many guys are going to be in like that Eli Brooks mold, who is um, an essential piece for Villanova or uh, for Michigan. I mean, he's a really good player. He started for the last two years. He's been a rotation guy for his pretty much entire career. And he just gives you a steadying influence for a Michigan team that'll be they'll be ranked really high. I think they've got the number one or two recruiting class because they've got, I think, five top 100 guys, and including two, I think, top like 15 guys, a couple of five stars in their class. You know, a kid like Eli Brooks, you know, everyone, everyone kind of always talks, I think Duke always comes up that 2015 Duke team that had Julia Locafor and Justice mm-hmm. Winslow and Tyus Jones and Grayson Allen were kind of your four star, five star guys, right? Well, Quinn Cook was a really, really valuable senior to that team. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually Matt, slid over to the two guard because of Tyus Jones. Yeah, but he was just kind of a steadying influence on games where maybe Tyus Jones looks like a freshman once in a while. Well, you got Quinn Cook to lean on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they had Matt Jones, who was an upperclassman who most most people watching Duke go, who the hell's the guy with the weird shot? Uh, well, it's Matt Jones. He plays good defense, knocks mm-hmm. down a three when you need him to. You know, those guys aren't going to get any hype on, on ESPN. You know, Billis isn't going to go wax poetic about them. Um, but these kind of guys are kind of what what's kind of the lifeblood of college hoops. These five stars come and go, man. Like, good, solid role players that kind of grow, like that. that's important, to, yeah. especially to these winning teams. Yeah, and, you know, you talk about someone's recruiting. Just to sort of do a quick projection of a starting five for them, you can think Hunter Dickinson at the five. Um, they have Caleb Houston coming in. He's one of their five-star guys, um, top ten recruits. He's probably going to slide in that forward position. Eli Brooks um, looks to be their small forward, I'd say. No, he's like their one or two. Is he, nah, he's not one. He's more of a two. He's like a one and a half. Okay. Um, so maybe he's playing the point guard. I don't know if they really have a point guard on the roster. Him and, him and Frankie Frankie Collins, their freshman yeah. guard there. He's like a 50-ish ranked recruit. Um, he's legit. Yeah, I think he'll, he'll – him and, him and Brooks will probably be in your backcourt. Here's the thing. They can always add another transfer. Yeah. You know, they'll be a transfer factor if they if they yeah. want to go get a point guard. Yeah. And they also have some other recruits from last year that didn't really crack the rotation yeah. a ton, but that is sort of – Michigan's mo is they get these guys, they get them for three, three or four years usually. Yeah. So their freshman year, they're usually not playing that much, and then sophomore, junior year, they're going to play more. Yeah, so yeah. look at guys like Zeb Jackson, Ter- Terrence, uh, Terrence Williams to sort of step into more of a role, um, like a sixth to seventh, sixth to seventh man role, and that's you really only need eight or nine guys for a good rotation, and that's yeah. a good rotation right there. Right. Generally, most college teams play probably like seven, seven and a half. Play eight, trust seven, I think is the same. You know, Dickinson, the best thing about freshmen, here's another college uh, cliche for you. Best thing about freshmen, they become sophomores. A lot of them don't, actually. But, but <laughs> Dickinson probably will. And he'll be, you know, Big Ten player of the year in the preseason, probably all, all, all American type guy. I mean, he will probably be. Uh, you know, one of the faces of college hoops next year. And he'll be a big guy when you've got studs like that, you know, thoroughbreds, your freshmen just have a bigger margin for error. Yeah. Do you have any more, uh, you know, transfer portal, recruiting type stuff? Yeah, there's been there's been a ton of them here. The, the teams that have really gotten big boosts. I mean, Arkansas. Chris Likes. Yep. They, well, not only did they get Chris Likes, but they got um, – Oh, they got Stanley Amundi, I think is his name, the the swingman from South Dakota, who averaged like 20 a game in the Summit. Uh, maybe not a great, you know, he's not going to be a 20 a game guy for them, but like a, a really solid piece. And then Adish Tony, the yep. the swingman out of Pitt, yep. gives them another piece. So I mean, that's three like proven double-figure scoring, all-conference caliber type guys. 
Uh, and you're, you're stacking together some firepower there with Arkansas. And Musselman's done it with transfers before. He's, he's taped rosters together on the fly. His best teams at Nevada had those, the Martin brothers who were NC State guys and um, yeah, multiple other transfers just all over the floor. And, you know, that the, they'll be they'll be a factor. I think they'll probably be in your preseason, probably top 10. Um, and it's interesting thinking about some of the SEC teams right now. Alabama done, done kind of the same thing. They just picked up um, Noah Gurley from Furman, who is a, a, a really good player. Nobody's probably ever watched Furman or knows what state Furman is in. Do, do you know what state Furman? I have no clue. I'm actually not sure, no. to be honest with you. My yeah. guess is like South Carolina, maybe. Furman just sounds like a South Carolina spot I'm trying to think they're called the paladins john where does that rank look at that they're in south carolina wow you're good I, I think you looked this up earlier and then just brought it up like it's weird to bring up Furman. i feel like you like i like Furman. into that <laughs> I, I thought you were i thought you were a big socon guy you, your guy uh your guy uh who's, who's the coach greensboro the greensboro west miller west miller your guy west miller well right? he's going to cincinnati it sounds like he's <laughs> But they got to battle Furman every year. The Paladins. <laughs> you like that name? The team name? Paladins. That's a good name. I don't know what a paladin is, but it sounds like if they were in a tournament, would they have been in the all tournament nickname? Con- I think that's a solid two seed. Yeah. Okay. Right. With the yeah. mean, I mean, you got the Mean Green. Could be. You got uh, the Anteaters. No, the yeah. Anteaters weren't in there. It was no, the, in the there. Gauchos. Gauchos. The Gauchos knocked off the Anteaters. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but but anyway, this girly, I mean, he's he's like a 6'8", 215-pound kind of combo swingman type, and, and Bama needs that. And they've got a lot of guys coming back. They've got a pretty good recruiting class already. So I think that's a, a nice pickup. And then and then Kentucky, uh, you know, all the talk that Calipari's been really a one-and-done factory, it seems like he's maybe changing course here and really leaning into – Well, he got Kellen Grady. He got Kellen Grady. David Davidson transfer, one of the – Top guard transfers, yes. Um, and basically replaced it, replaces Devin Askew. That's who, a huge upgrade. Who put his yes his name into the transfer portal? I saw he shot like thirty percent from the field last year. Well, he was one of those guys that Askew was like a, a top like twenty or thirty kid from twenty one, and then he reclassed, mm. and that just generally doesn't. I don't the kids that reclass they're. I get the idea behind they're doing it so that eventually, in theory, you get to the NBA quicker, you get your second contract quicker, you get your third contract quicker, you make a shit ton of money. Guys who are ranked like in the in like the twenty five range, though, their own class should probably not expect to grad transfer and then be an impact guy immediately. Mm-hmm. This just doesn't happen. So generally, you see like like Christian Lander was one of the guys at the top of that list. He's going back to Indiana. Yeah. He reclassed. I would be very surprised if he didn't have a breakout season this upcoming year in his actual freshman year yeah exactly so he got a he got a year of experience in college but Askew's in the same boat and I wouldn't be surprised if Askew has has a really nice season at Texas that's where he transferred to but but Grady's definitely an upgrade over over Askew just from a from a playmaking standpoint and a shot making standpoint Askew or uh, Grady was like a 17 to 20 point a game guy for like four years at Davidson he was awesome and you know when he plays at you know you play at Davidson you know how to play you know how to shoot. You know, no, I'm shoot. not sure if you're aware of this, but Steph Curry actually played at Davidson. The, the Steph Curry? Yeah, the Steph Curry. As in the guy who like throws his mouth guard around all the time? And, and chews on it all the time, too. He never has that mouth guard in his mouth. No. I hate it so much. I don't understand how he doesn't have a like a mouth guard sponsorship. If you're a mouth guard company, aren't you just paying out the ass to get Steph Curry to shake, it, to shake your mouth guard around on national TV every single time you get a photo of him? <laughs> he knocks down a shot. He takes his mouth guard out, and he's just like shaking it around. It's just like, hey, not do, great in 2021. Do you hate that more or Drew Timmy's antics? 
Oh, the mouth guard thing drives me okay. absolutely insane. Drew Timmy, I think, knows that people hate him. Yeah. He he has like maybe some self awareness where it's like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna lean into this whole be an antagonist and kind of a villain type. Steph Curry's tricking people, man. Yeah. I'm telling you, he's got like that oh shucks kind of homebody, like I'm a good guy kind of thing. Not fooling me. Yeah. Not fooling me. What were we talking about? I forgot. I don't know. Uh, I did have one thing I want to bring okay. up. Texas Tech is just having a max, max, a mass exodus. No, first Chris Beard leaving. Great who, English term. Who, uh, thank you. Well, Chris Beard leaving, who we'll talk about later. Um, but then just on the transfer portal, Namari Burnett, one of the rotation players, is transferring to Alabama. Mikey Michael Peavy, another rotational guy, has put his name in. Going to say, CCU. Yep, same with Kyler Edwards, who I saw today is going to Houston. It's a nice pickup for them. Yeah, Houston's going to be good next year again, I think. And then Marcos, Marcus Santos Silva, one of their starters, and like not really not going to give you 12 points a game or anything, but really sort of just a defensive guy, a guy to get your rebounds. You know, he's leaving as well. So it's going to be interesting to see, and I wonder how much of it has to do with Chris Beard leaving and players wanting to bail. It's been a wild, like, week and a half for them because, like, the or, roller coaster ride for the, a lot of these guys. Mac McClung, too. He's out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's weird, though, is that, like, Burnett left midseason. I remember that was something that that doesn't, that one's really not consequential to the, the Texas Tech team that we got to see from, like, January on. But the weird thing is that Kyler Edwards put in his name in the portal, um, was like, I'm leaving. Then they, they made the new coaching hire and brought in, is it Mark Smith? They they elevated one of the assistants yeah, to the head coaching job, and I said, "Mark something, some basic name." Let's say it's Smith. Yeah, or I could just look it up as you talk. All right, that's fine too. But the thing about Edwards and, and a couple of these other guys is, they were like, "Once the, Matt Wells." No, that's know, that's football. <laughs> yeah, that's there's football. a weird name too. Mark, Mark Adams. Mark Adams. I was yes. close. So he's got two kind of first names. True. You're, you're obsessed with two first names. It's a thing. Do you watch Talladega Nights too much? No, <laughs> I don't know what that is. Yeah, I'm aware of that is. Talladega Nights, Ricky Bobby. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. But some of these guys, let me get to my point, please. Okay. Some of these now guys. Now you see what it's like talking to you. They originally, <laughs> they originally went into the portal, and then when they made the head coach uh, hiring, some of them were like, we're back in. We're out of the portal. I'm joining Texas Tech again. So you're, if you're a Texas Tech fan, you're like, this sucks. Our coach is leaving. But, hey, at least some of these guys are coming back. We're going in the back. We're going to have a squad. And now they're all leaving again. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I wouldn't be surprised. I guess Kevin McCuller was one of the guys who said, I'm not leaving. He's back. Uh, but but who knows? Like, I think that's why one of the things that I know that I think they were talking about in this new rule change, and they're they're passing the one-time transfer deal, right? I think one of the stipulations that they, they really need to have in there is there's got to be some sort of, like, deadline, right? Like, you, you, you shouldn't be allowed to, like, leave in August and then immediately get eligibility when you sign with a team a week later, like that's just, I know nobody's going to weep for these millionaire coaches and it's millionaires making it, you know, and it's slavery now because all the college athletes don't get any money and all this stuff. But just from like a roster building perspective, like how are you supposed to put together a team if you're literally always fearing that your players are going to leave? And I mean, some of that is, it's easy enough to sit and argue with, well, well, Hey, if you build up your your culture and you treat your players right, they're not going to want to leave. How do you know? How do you know these guys just don't want to leave and they want to pursue greener pastures and they want more attention? They want to put it up on their Twitter thing. They want to make that cool graphic that mm-hmm. oh, I'm transferring. Here are the teams that offered me. Here, I'm down to my final eight schools that are transferring me. Now saw, I'm down to my final six schools that are transferring I me. I saw the one dude, um, Tanner Gross, 
I can't remember what school he's from, but he forty schools. That yeah, are on, he, they weren't even offers. He put out a graphic of teams that have contacted him, and it's yeah. just it's like a Where's Waldo of teams on there. Everything, yeah. yeah. And, and he's a good player. He's the guy who looks like a mountain man from yeah. Eastern Washington. Who had, yeah. Like, who knew who Tanner Groves was before? Like five minutes into that Kansas game in the tournament. Yeah, talk about I mean, capitalizing on on your effort. And and by all means, like if you want to transfer, more power to you. But I, I do think there needs to be some sort of like a deadline for like when these guys, like you're either in or out. Is you know, there has to be something to that. I, th- I think that's part of one of the things that they're going to push for with this rule is like, yeah, there needs to be a deadline. Like, I don't know what that deadline would be. End of June. Yeah. Like at some point, if you're a coach, you're trying to put together a team. It's like, you're either in or out, man. Are you yeah. on our team or not? Yeah. You know, and, and if you want to go in after, if you want to enter the thing after June, then maybe you got to sit out. Yeah. Cause you might be, you might have a scholarship available and you're not, sure if player a is leaving and there might be a top five recruit who you're trying to recruit and you're not sure if you can even offer that scholarship to them right right and 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 i guess that would be a good timeline too because um you know it probably runs up similar or congruent with like the the nba the draft kind of entry deadline there needs to be some sort of timeline that's that's all and i don't know when it'll be but there should be one but texas tech they had a wild a wild week um texas i think is a team that we should probably talk about Obviously, the big, the biggest thing is is getting Chris Beard, who, if you're ranking, we've never really done this, John, but like power rank, put down a spot here. If you got to rank, like take your top five, rank, take five coaches in the country that you would pick to start a program with. This is always interesting. Is it your favorite coaches? Is it coaches you want to start your program with? Is it coaches you want to win a game with right now? I'm going with, you have to start your program from scratch right now, and you can have any coach you want. You have to name five of them. So I look at sort of, <laughs> Coaches who are in sort of the beginning of their career um, and have had tons of success are fairly young. You know, I want, if I'm starting a program, I want a coach who I think could be there for 30 years. Okay. And build up that sort of program. Pay him whatever you want. Yeah, build up that program, build up the culture, and have him there for 30 years. Chris, so like, Beard, Chris so Beard's like Jim not one of them. He, he'd be about 105. No. <laughs> where we're going now. I mean, why not? No. Okay. Um, Chris Beard. Okay, for sure. You know he's he got Texas Tech to a Final Four not too long after um, after he started there. Um, yes, yeah. Scott Drew came in. And I, don't, I didn't hear about all this stuff, but when he started, but it was rough. Um, he came in about eighteen years ago. He came into a program who had literally had one player kill another player. The coach at the time, I can't remember the name. I'm not even going to say it because he's cooking the books. What he did was just ridiculous. He basically talked to p- coaches, players on team, and basically almost tried to frame it up to where the guy who got killed, they're trying to make him out to be a drug dealer. Yeah. So it would appear to be a drug deal gone bad. Yeah. That's the situation that Scott Drew inherited. Yeah. The coach, the coach at the time also had like 15 scholarship guys, but he was like paying, you know, you can only have 13. Yeah. So he had like, he was like, under the table paying a couple of different guys. Mm-hmm. It was ugly, man. It was a mess. Yeah. And so what he's able to do, I mean, are, you, are you thinking you're starting, is your program going to be that disgusting right away? Are you gonna, I hope so. Are you be condoning fun. murder in your it'd, program? It'd be, it'd be, it'd be, or, I was about to say it'd be fun until you asked that second question. Survival of the fittest. <laughs> right. I mean, Hey, if, if that's what it takes to have a quality basketball, never mind. But no, Scott Drew for sure. Um, I, I got to get a good looking guy on there. Um, I know your wife thinks that Tony Bennett's the best looking guy in college basketball, but I, 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 I would say Jay Wright is. Ooh, okay. Jay yeah, Wright. I do think he's. he's I do like what he does at Villanova. He doesn't get like the top ten guys. He sort of builds up. Yep. 
from within, gets the guys into his program, and builds them up over three or four years. Um, Instant cachet with that suit, too. True. The suits. Like, he just looked lost this year. Like, he looked like he was just, I don't Yeah, the team, the, the program you're starting is a non-pandemic year team as he, well. He looked out of place. He did. Yes. Um, trying to think of other young coaches here. High-quality coaches, Yeah. yeah. Um, good integrity, Sean Miller, obviously. Never mind. Um, <laughs> Bruce Pearl character counts. <laughs> I do love Bruce Pearl, but no. Nate Oates. Oh, actually, actually, you just named the two right there, and I talked about this one in articles I wrote this week. Where can you find those? Nate Oates is. I would have loved if he could have gotten to North Carolina because a swag. He's built up a good program at Alabama. They embrace the three pointer, and he throws shade at Coach K. What more could you want at North Carolina? <laughs> the complete opposite, apparently. <laughs> and then Eric Musselman, like you said, you love this, that he takes his shirt off all the time. Yeah, he's got Minnesota ties, so he's my favorite coach. Right, yeah. So, so they're my top five right there. I like it. I like it. All right. Chris Beard's really good. The, you named him. You named him in your top five. He's one of the five probably best coaches in the country, um, and now he goes to Texas. And Texas has not been particularly good since they, they, mm-hmm. they fired Rick Barnes because he would consistently get them to the tournament and they'd flame out in the second round with, with really talented teams. They go and get the hot young name in Shaka, who's bald, but now has hair. He's capable of growing hair. Mm-hmm. Talk about a move right there. I should probably join Spe- Speaking of good moves, how about him going to Marquette? Great move. Yeah. I, I actually do think Shaka's a decent enough coach. I just don't think he probably fits great at Texas. Who knows? If Chris Beard can't win at Texas, then you know it's Texas. Yeah. And that's that. The word is that the Texas boosters and like Texas, the administration there is just not. It, it gets in the way a lot. And what if Chris what Beard's if, really good? So I, I would expect him to do well there. Going back to Shaka, what if he's just better with lesser recruits, like lesser, 100%. like instead of coaching four and five stars, he just can't relate to them. And you think at BCU he's getting like three star, two star guys, and he, he needs gets guys, them. He needs guys that are going to slap the floor, yeah. play defense, dog you, get your junk, like the whole court. Because he has a Final Four under his belt. And I think at Texas, did he have any? I wrote about this the other day. I don't know if he had one tournament win No, in six years at Texas. He, he had more Final Fours at VCU than tournament wins at Texas. Not great. No. Not great. So, I mean, I do, I do think, like, the firing or dismissal, well, they didn't fire him. But, like, he, he was going to be on the chopping block. He was going to be the face of the he coaches been, on the hot seat He would have been coaching for his career this coming year. Not a great time to be coaching for your career when you have to put together rosters one year at a time. Yeah, that's hard to do. Uh, so I do think Marquette's a good fit for him, but I think Chris Beard's a really good fit at Texas too. Yeah, and he had a really good couple of. Really, it was just like a day ago they picked up Askew from Kentucky, yeah. who I do think is a good player who will be a good player. Just Andrew, wasn't right away. Andrew Jones. Andrew Jones is returning. Andrew, Andrew Jones is coming back. That's yeah. correct. And then they added Timmy Allen, a swingman out of Utah, who averaged like seventeen a game was an All Pac twelve guy. Your favorite league. I'm a Pac-12 stan. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All we know is basketball played west of the Mason-Dixon line. Well, most of the Where is the Mason-Dixon line? I have no clue. Is that a north-south thing or is that an east-west thing? You talk, you talk, and I'll look it up. Okay. Um. Yeah. So I mean, I I, th- I do think some of the 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 the, ho- the coaching moves have been interesting. Um. Why don't we get into talking about? It's like Pennsylvania Maryland border, and then down through uh, Delaware. So does it basically just cut the country in half, north south? No, does it, it looks just like stop it's, right there. It stops Virginia. It, going west, it stops at the end of or at the border of Pennsylvania. Boy, Delaware sure gets screwed on that whole thing. Yeah, no kidding. I don't what know. Weird like, line. What's the point of it? I don't even know what the point of it is. I don't know. People throw around that term, the Mason-Dixon line. It's like, well, 
I want to throw it around too, but I don't really know what it means. It's a demarcation. The line of demarcation. Line separating four U.S. states forming borders of Pennsylvania, Maryland, Delaware, and West Virginia. All right. We got some Civil War ties maybe? Yeah. Can we get off of social studies? Or yeah. geography? Yeah, or whatever, we're to whatever subject this anyway. is. But yeah. uh, let's hiring uh, Hubert Davis. We're talking about all these these big name coaching hires. Um, I don't know if Hubert Davis classifies as a big name, but UNC is a big job. Thoughts? Mad too. I don't know. It's he says all the right things, so it's tough to hate him, you know. Yeah. Um, and right away, I got my hopes up. You know, a couple of days ago, I saw you know at his introductory press conference, basically saying Walker Kessler is a Carolina guy. I want to see him back, and almost like issuing that challenge to him is a little weird in a way. And then a couple of days ago, I'm scrolling through Twitter. You know, Kessler's still in the transfer portal. Um, and I get my hopes up. I see some Carolina Twitter pages tweeting, you know, big day coming up tomorrow for North Carolina. We expect him to come back to North Carolina. Would you have been okay with that though? Yes. The kid who, the kid who decided Carolina is not for me because Roy Williams is the coach effectively forcing Roy Williams to retire. UNC, you have to pick between me and Roy Williams. If he's, if he's here, I'm out. If he's out, then Do you think I that's might what actually be back happens? in. Do you think that's uh, what actually happened? No, of course not. But you can't <laughs> let facts get in the way of a good story. Jack. That's true. That's so true. We're in the media now. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I saw people saying, like, there's a thing where on recruiting trips, Roy basically promised, like, hey, yeah, you're going to play a stretch four role for us, you know? And it never really happened. Did you see really Walker shoot free throws this year? I have not. You didn't see him shoot any free throws no. this year. He airballed a couple. Did he? What about that makes you think stretch four? And, like, he's seven foot. Get inside. Like, I get in the NBA. Like, wow. in the NBA, Give it to me, John. Give me the boomer takes. In, yes. the, in the NBA, it's all three-pointers. Now, oh, even guys yes. like Joel Embiid are shooting three-pointers. Inject this into my veins. And so, but you're seven feet tall. Get inside. <laughs> you have, And, like, he's got great footwork. He does. He's very light on his feet. He's like an offensive lineman when it comes to being light on your feet. Like a Mac Khalil? Exactly. Mac Khalil, Khalil Mac. <laughs> you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> but I don't know. I got my hopes up. And then yet, I think it was yesterday I see an alert on my phone. Open it up. Auburn. Which, by the way, Auburn's going to have a pretty good team. A fairly good team. I don't see them being like a one or two seed. I see them being like a four or five seed. Yeah, I think like fourth or fifth best team in the SEC, which is yep. a good, which is a really good team still. And I think Bruce Pearl is a, a really good coach. He's kind of a sleazeball, a little slimy kind of scumbag. I really like Bruce Pearl just from a pure coaching standpoint. And but, I don't know. There's something about Walker Kessler coming back to UNC that rubs, would rub me the wrong way a little bit. And just – I just think like, man, we're catering to these kids who are these entitled five stars and like – Man, like you're not more important than North Carolina. Give, give me, give me your take on this trend, like this year's transfer stuff, just as a whole. What's your take? What's your opinion on it? Is it good for basketball? Is it bad for basketball? I'm pulled. In, uh, it's I'm pulled in like two different directions simultaneously. I was I was thinking about this actually the other day on my way home. I think it is great for the individual players who want to have an opportunity, and. You know the the small school guys. They they all they always say like no kid ever dreams, uh, grows up dreaming playing for UNC Greensboro. He wants to play for UNC, right? Yep. No kid grows up dreaming. He wants to play for Duke. He, he wants to play for UNC. 
Oh wait, no, that's that doesn't track. But it should no, that, that no, should be that, the way it is. Yeah, that's something's wrong with kids. Who wants to play the Duke? Right. It yeah. Is. yeah. But so if so if you you're playing at Western Michigan and you want to play at Michigan State and you play well enough at Western Michigan and you want to have that opportunity, be my guest. Yeah. Okay. You're playing at Michigan and you're like the the twelfth man. They keep recruiting over you. You're a good player, but they just don't. You're not getting the opportunity. You want to go play at Western Michigan or whatever. Want to want to change the scenery? Be my guest. That's that's awesome. Right, kids should be allowed to transfer. Um, I don't, I don't like it as a college basketball fan, though. As yeah. someone who just likes watching college basketball, I like watching teams that have continuity. And it's not, I don't want it to be the NBA. I don't want it to be free agency every single year. We're getting into this thing now where we're going to have kids who come in as a freshman. They don't play enough. Uh, they leave. They go to their next school for two years. And then they graduate transfer and go to a third school in four years. That's just too much. It's too much turnover. So I'm like from a logically, yes, I I understand. You should allow these kids to have, they they should be able to choose where they want to play basketball. They're, they're 18 years old when they're making a decision and kids make the wrong decision. On the other hand, I can sit and argue with myself because I think to myself, What's so bad about the retro year? These kids can still transfer. Nobody's stopping them from playing in another school. They just have to wait a year. And we've seen over and over and over again kids that benefit from that transfer year, that sit-out year. They get better. Mm -hmm. And if that and if that year, if that year potentially is if you can't stand the idea of sitting out for one year so much that you'd consider maybe playing, you know, going back to the school that you're at, maybe facing some adversity, maybe working your way up. I don't know. I think I do think there's kind of some old boomer kind of value in that that is just kind of getting lost now. It's like the culture of college basketball is leave, transfer. If I'm not playing right away, I'm leaving. Yeah. I mean, we're seeing guys that like they're starters on good teams. They get to play a lot. And it's not like they're they're third or fourth year guys who aren't getting opportunities. Guys who are starters and they leave. And mm-hmm. they don't have to ever give us a, a reason for it. I mean, they're free to do it. Yeah. But it's like I don't. Do you have to? Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I'm never gonna. I'm never gonna argue with kids. So, like, I understand they should be allowed to. Yes, but I, I would like there to be there. Need they just can't be like this college free agency. That's just not good for it. I, I also don't think that's great for, for, for kids. Um, everyone always will say like you'll see on Twitter like all the social justice warriors saying, oh, he's just making the best decision for him. Mm-hmm. What if they're not actually making the best decision for them? They're 19 years old. What, what, how the last decision they made was the best for them. Why is this decision the best for them now too? You know, there are kids now like Jalen Coleman Lance, a name that probably no one knows. He's going to be in his seventh year of college basketball and he will have played for five different colleges. Yeah. Charlie Moore, DePaul point guard, started out at Cal. Then he went to Kansas. Then he went to DePaul. Now he's transferring again. That's four schools in five years. Was each decision the best one for him? Where did that land him? You know what I mean? So, like, there are these things that, like, people just, they just assume, like, 19-year-olds always are just going to lead us around. Like, they all know the best. It's like, well, do they? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I answered your question at all. But no, like, you did. That's, that's kind of my feeling on it. I get it. I think that they should be allowed to transfer. I, I would love for there to be, what I think would be the best is, if you've got a transfer after one year, you sit out. You get, a, you, you get your eligibility, but then you can play. If you want to, if you want to play, stick around for two years somewhere, you can then you get your immediate eligibility. I think that'd be perfect. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure someone, 
I'm sure both of our listeners right now are pulling their hair out saying, no, no, the reason you can't do that, and they've got a perfectly well-thought-out reason. Probably not, though. Probably not, because yeah. I'm smarter than everyone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm you're, really, you're, brilliant. Our, and my our, wife our, has no clue we're talking about. Yeah, our, our mothers have no idea what we're talking about here. My mom doesn't even know how to work the phone. Actually, yeah, she exactly. works the phone better than <laughs> I do. She's a machine on that thing. But I don't know. What are your thoughts on it? Here I am just filibustering, like Stephen I, I, A. Smith here. I, I liked your boomer takes there. Thank um, you. Yeah. Speaking Did you see the cloud out there? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I didn't. I, that thing was looking at me the wrong way earlier. A couple weeks ago when you said, like, there's some clouds outside, I did not get the joke at the time oh, until, it's I, funny every time. until I was editing this thing. Anyways, we bored my dog to sleep. Yeah, no kidding. Gosh, she's a girl. She's actually behaving right now. I know, it's so nice. Um, <laughs> my take is this. I think there's a time and a place for transfers. One of, a, one of which, first is graduate transfers. I'm good with that. Yeah. You you go Absolutely. through school, you graduate earlier. Yeah, go to another school. Finish off your career. For sure. Um, another is like say in the situation with Chris Beard. Your coach leaves. Your coach leaves. Your coach that recruited you. Yes. You go to a school because of the relationship. You, you build up a relationship. If you want to transfer to follow him, go ahead. If there's not room on that team and you can't, go to another team that maybe maybe like your second best school when you're being recruited out of high school. Maybe sure. they have a spot available. Go there. Yeah. Um, and I like speaking of Kessler, I think Auburn was one one of his he's top from, schools, he's and he's from Alabama. Yeah. yeah, more part to him. Yep. Yeah, because um, coaches can leave. Yeah, coaches can leave. Why can't I? Yeah, because those are the same coaches and players. But I just don't like the whole. I went there, and I thought I thought my freshman year I'd have you know more playing time, and I didn't get that playing time. I'm leaving. I don't like that. And like I think back to 2009, North Carolina. Danny Green was a senior on that team, and he he didn't you didn't become a full time starter until early on in his senior year when another player got injured. He was their sixth man, and if you look at that starting five, you got Ty Loss, you got Wayne Ellington, um, Green, they had Deion Thompson, Tyler Hansborough, and if Old. you if you look at that team, Danny Green's had the most successful post NBA career. Yeah, and. I would have guessed. I mean, you could probably argue maybe Wayne Ellington a little bit. Um, he doesn't have the titles, but they have probably similar shooting percentages and all that. Play play the same position. Green's made a lot more money. Yep. Anyways, go back to his freshman year. He didn't play a ton. What if he would have bolted? Yeah. Yeah. And so who knows? Like, stick it out. Stick it out. Like you said, two years. If you want, if you can stay for two years, and like you're like, okay, I tried it for a second year. It still isn't the right fit for me. Okay, go. Go somewhere else. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. I'd like that. And another example, I remember Joel Berry. He, he thought about transferring after his freshman year. He came in, um, they had Marcus Page and Nate, Nate Britt, Britt both playing over him. He decided to stay, started his sophomore year, got basically worked his way above Nate Britt on the point guard depth chart. Marcus Page moves over to the shooting guard position. They go to the title game. They go to the title game. His junior, his, his sophomore year, lose to Villanova. We've used the conference pl- tournament player of the year, yeah, or MVP or whatever. And junior year, they win it all. I believe he was the Final Four most else. Or no, it's Kennedy Meeks. Kennedy Meeks was. Barry was great though. Um, but yeah, great. Led them to a title, and so it just goes to show, like, stick it out a bit longer. Yeah, this year I guess I can see because a little more because again the weird pandemic situation, like kids don't get to experience their college campuses in the way that maybe you normally would. Yeah. So it's really hard. Like some of these schools that just aren't used to losing guys, Carolina isn't normally losing guys. And maybe if they were able to experience that, that Carolina, you know, school kind of like the, the the atmosphere there, maybe things are different. So I I mean, I can kind of see that. 
also maybe I'm worried about that though. Maybe say like Devin asked you, maybe if he is able to experience that Kentucky experience, he maybe, leaves earlier. Or, <laughs> <laughs> but like even like like getting off the transfer thing, maybe if he has that experience, in a weird way, he performs better on the court too. Yeah, well, I mean, who knows what it? I mean, there's the, all sorts of psychological stuff that yeah. can go into what this season was because of you know the pandemic. Um, the transfer thing, though, I, I if there are 1,500 guys in the portal, how many of them are you think do you think are leaving because of the pandemic didn't allow me to to achieve you know self actualization on my college campus? I think a, I think a, I don't either. I, mean, I, I feel like a lot more of them though are are probably just leaving because I mean I think I think a big chunk of them are probably in the the group that you said where it's the graduate transfer kids who are at a, who are at Western Carolina that go now and want to play somewhere else you yep. know or at they're at you know uh, South Dakota and they want to play at North Dakota because yeah. it's way better and it's I further guys north, who it's have a step up use that I think uh, was Rodney Hood a graduate transfer. I believe he was just a regular old transfer. Was he a regular old transfer? But anyways, he did. He was able to parlay. I can't remember his first college, but went to Duke. Mississippi State. And now is a rotational NBA player. Yeah. So he was able to get success out of it. Cam Johnson. He was a graduate transfer. From Pittsburgh. Goes to North Carolina. How do I know all those North Carolinas? It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you're a North Carolina fan. Anyways, and then he builds that into being a lottery draft pick and is also a rotational player for the Suns. So it can work. I, I have nothing against the transfer idea as a whole, but I think it, there's a gray area between transfer and free agency. Yeah, and that's that's a good way to put it. And I guess it's not it's not stopping. You know, that's the mm-hmm. way it is. So how do you exist in this new transfer world? Because there are going to be, you know, I think the the transfer thing right now is catching some coaches off guard, and they're probably a little they're a little off guard by it. And it's like this never ending struggle between the, the players and the coaches. The players deserve more power. Mm-hmm. Take it away from these millionaire coaches. Try to try to make their life as difficult as possible. Fine. Coaches are going to adjust to this. Yeah. They're going to stop. You know, people are saying they're going to stop recruiting high school kids. They're just going to recruit the transfer market, or they're going to run kids off. And Baylor won a national championship off, championship off that. Right, and, but all those guys were sit out guys. Davion Mitchell was terrible at Auburn. You don't yeah. think that year off benefited them? Right, it probably did. Macy Oteague, uh, you know, small school guy. Generally, when those small school guys take the the uptick into the the big school, there's a huge struggle. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the sit out year probably benefited him. The sit out year benefits these guys, and, and I mean, someone like John Rostein right now just trying to advocate for the sit out year constantly. But I do think, I just think it's like it's not. I don't know when that became the sit out year is the worst thing ever for these kids. Mm-hmm. If these kids want to go and get paid and get to the NBA, probably are good enough not to have to transfer. You know, there's something telling you, like, if I'm not good enough to play at the school I'm at and I have to transfer, you might have work to do in terms of becoming an NBA prospect. Some guys do it. Cam Johnson did it. Yeah. He didn't sit out, but, like, he, he had to transfer, and then he kind of developed into that. I just don't think this sit-out year is, like, it's become, like, the worst thing. And I just think if there was one, how many kids do you think would transfer if uh, I don't want to have to sit out a year? I might Like, there's 1,500 in there right now. How many would there be if they still had to sit out a year? 500? I, I bet you there'd be more than that, but I bet you there'd be like maybe a thousand. Yeah. Knock out a third of it. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. I, I have no idea. This is all just kind of, I'm speculating and guessing and just kind of throwing ideas out there. But, you know, yeah. let's bring it back here, Vicks, because you know what? You know what started this whole thing? Yeah. We're talking about Hubie Davis. Yeah. That's what started this That's whole thing. That's right. Um, so let's get back on that. Yeah. Like I said, 
Seems great like, memory. He's a great guy. That's what everyone's saying. Um, yeah. He's a great guy. I see, you you know, buy into that shit? If, they do, if coaches they, don't win the press conference, don't, don't they deserve probably to get fired on the spot? They should. You're a college coach. <laughs> like, you better win the press conference. Like, this like, is your job. <laughs> win the press conference. Come on, now. <laughs> like, you lost. You're out. We're hiring something now. <laughs> but I, I know uh, Roy Williams had a big say in who got hired to be his successor, which I don't think should be a huge thing. Um, he can recommend whoever he wants. But I feel, feel like they should still – you know, call the big guys. And maybe they did. Maybe they called Mark Few. Maybe they called Jay Wright. Maybe they called whoever. Yeah. Who knows? I just don't think they did. I don't I, think they did either. Um, I'm, I'm kind of torn on this too because on one hand, I, I would, I do, like the, the, the news came out when he retired or he was stepping away that, that Davis was the odds on favorite, right? Mm-hmm. Leader of the cows. And I just thought, you're settling. You're settling. Why, why are you settling? You're North Carolina. You are... I don't think this is like Indiana, where they really haven't been all that great since like the '80s or '90s. Like North Carolina's been very good. They have not. They've been bad the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. But from a college basketball royalty perspective here, and like if you're ranking just jobs in the country, North Carolina's you eat first. You know, like you are at the big boy table. You're at the front of the big boy table. You should. The CBS guys said like, and I think I, I believe them in that. There's. There's no bad call you can make here. There's no stupid phone call. You know, you call NBA coaches. Most of them aren't leaving for college. North Carolina is the job that some of them might. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought Hubert Davis just on, in that with that in mind, I thought take take a chance, take a chance, go for somebody big time. But on the other hand, I do think there is something to to respect about the idea that when he took this job, I think a lot of it was on the idea that. He would eventually have a chance to be the head coach here. Yeah. So you're kind of got you're you're paying for maybe some loyalty, and that's a that's a lost term nowadays, yeah. especially with this transfer market and all these coaches leaving. It's it's a bit throwback. Is there value in that though? Yeah, and I wonder if there, is there also value in you know having a coach who the current players who are still there are used to having someone similar in the locker room, and then a lot of the same coaching staff I would assume as well. And, you know, he's going to have his work cut out for him. Like, right before he gets hired, Walker Kessler's transferring. Since then, really, basically all their post players are gone. They maybe, went from maybe. four to, they went from four to maybe. Well, maybe even, even go past that, like, four rotational guys. You think of Brooks, transfer portal. Gone. He's going to have his fifth year. Um, Kessler, transfer gone. portal to Auburn. Baycott, testing draft waters. Um, Most I, people think he's back. I do expect him to be back. Sharp, gone. Most likely gone. Yes. Yeah. And then, in addition to that, like guys who were not rotational guys, but were also post players for them, Walker Miller, gone. No one knows who that is. Yeah. He just made that name <laughs> up. Yeah, he, that game against Duke a year ago, he came on strong. The one, the one oh, with the, the blue. The, the double overtime one. He oh. played very well in that one, I remember. Oh, that's good. They lost. Yeah, they lost. Anyways. How did he play? <laughs> <laughs> it was a uh, what's the term? Not motivational win. Um, oh yeah, it was a moral victory. Moral victory, yeah. yeah. It was a moral victory. Really felt good. Led by Walker Kessler, who is half brother to Wes Miller. I'm sure if you're aware of that. Walker Miller. Two guys named Walker. That's two. That's two last names. Yeah. That's not two first names. <laughs> and Walker. then also Sterling Manley, who's had like three years <laughs> of broken knees. I'm pretty sure. You're just making names up. I don't, know who are. Like, I don't know who that is. No, I know who Sterling is. <laughs> also transfers. There's six post players. Maybe one back. And you want to talk mass exodus. 
mass players exodusing. Max, big people. Max humans. Max S Exodus. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we got bees in English, so. <laughs> um, I, I will say this. I, I don't like the idea of hiring a coach with the idea that he knows the current players because I think it's really short-sighted. I think you just always hire the best coach, especially nowadays. And as you're seeing with Chris Beard, you can, put to, you can band-aid a roster together really quickly now. Mm-hmm. But this does give them the chance maybe to, to hit the ground running. And I, I don't know. I don't think Carolina's – you hope all those freshmen develop, right, because a lot of them played a lot last year. And a lot of my frustration, you know, we've talked about this, is I viewed it through the lens of they're not going to be seniors. So they better be really good now, you know, like Caleb Love. I thought yeah. he'd be a one-and-done for just whatever reason. Even if he sucked all year, I thought he was leaving anyway. You see that a lot. He didn't. So now you've got to take the next step. And if you've got a coach that you're comfortable with who maybe doesn't overhaul the entire system but rather maybe tweaks it, mm-hmm. maybe he's a little more comfortable. Maybe he realizes that potential and shoots maybe 40% from the field rather than 30. 35 would be nice. Can we hit a third of our three-pointers rather yeah. than a quarter of them? Right. Can we average maybe a couple more assists than turnovers? Yeah. Can't get much worse. Yeah. Uh, but with the, with the coach that you're familiar with, maybe he can kind of hit the ground running with some of these guys and there isn't as much turnover. You know, a lot of these coaches, a lot of these teams like Texas Tech, Minnesota, Cincinnati, they're firing these coaches and the whole team leaves. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to replace the whole squad at North Carolina. And, you know, I think they'll be okay. You know, not North Carolina standards really good, but I think they're, they're set up to be okay. Yep. Where I take comfort in this is I trust Roy. And if Roy's saying this is my guy who I think is should be my successor, then I'm going to feel a little bit better, but – I do still feel like I wish they would have went for someone bigger and got for someone bigger. <sighs> Me but, too. Me too. That's that. How long do you give them? Three years. Three years. They give Doherty what, two? Yeah. And now, I don't think Hubert is as volatile personality-wise as Doherty. Yeah. What, what, what if it's a failure? Can recruit? What if it's a failure? I what is a failure? We have to set that. Ex- what's, the, what's, the, what's a failure? Two or three straight years of... Either missing the tournament or not getting above like an eight seed, like fringe tournament kind of thing. Yes. Um, what do they do then? Because like I'm seeing rumblings of Wes Miller, who is probably the second in line for this hiring, is going to probably be at Cincinnati. Is that we talk about his stepping stone? Is that his stepping stone? Or if Hubert Davis fails, do they then go for a big name or a big name coach? Yeah, that's that's the good thing, and I, I I'm so sick of hearing it inside the. Gosh, I'm hearing that now. Like, I know Arizona was thinking about doing that before they just hired their new head coach, which we can talk about next if you want. Wait, we we have show notes that we started. Did you get a notification I don't know about? I just did, yeah. Okay. Just came down. I'll let you bring that one up then. Okay, but go on. But this is in the family, right? Everybody wants to keep it in the family because, you know, the Lannisters kept it in the family. <laughs> they got incest here. Our pro incest podcast. Yeah, and that show ended terribly. But go on. Yeah, it did. And we are um, not a pro incest podcast. Get off that. Yeah, you're right. I was wondering <laughs> if you'd catch that. That's an inside joke for my friends. I think they're above incest. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Do you, do you, I think if Wes Miller goes to Cincinnati and he kicks ass for the next three, four years, then, yeah, that is that is the definition of, I think, a, a solid enough stepping stone job. You're at, a, you're at a bigger conference. The American Athletic is, is not a power six conference, but it's probably the seventh best conference. It's got good, it's got good teams. And... You know, Cincinnati has been a successful program. Not that long ago, they were really, really good. Going to the tournament every year with Mick Cronin. Wait, so, what? Well, well, Mick Cronin's UCLA. 
He is UCLA. Yeah, yeah they've, they've hired a new coach and then fired that coach and gotten a new yeah. coach. I don't know. The, the, the Cincinnati, like, organization is not... Do they still have brawls with Xavier since Cronin left? God, no one cares anymore about either of those teams, it yeah. seems like. It's weird. Um, I think they still play every year. Yeah, which that's going to be a future podcast is the best rivalries, and we're going to bring up that one. People don't know about, like, there's like two, three straight years where it's like punches being thrown. Oh, yeah. Brawls. Yeah. It's great. That's what you want. Right. I forgot where we were going. I, I do think, I, yeah, <laughs> I think that is the type of stepping stone job. But also, again, if you're North Carolina, in theory, you don't have to, you don't want to fall into what Georgetown and Indiana have fallen into here, where they're just off the national radar, you know, like they're, they're just kind of middling, right? Yeah. For lack of a better term, I feel like that's about as good a way to describe what Georgetown and like Indiana and some of these really, really high-end programs that have been on the top of this college basketball ladder, they've been up there. Mm-hmm. And the last, I mean, it can, it can get bad. You know, people will just say, oh, it's North Carolina. It's loser-proof. You're, you're going to be fine there. I don't know. I'd have thought that about Georgetown. I'd have thought that about North uh, Connecticut. I'd have thought that about uh, Indiana. Indi- Indiana. Yeah. I mean, you know, Arizona was like that for a long time before they – back to Arizona again. What's going on with me? Yeah, speaking of – let's get on that. All right. I, I think they should go for a big name North Carolina if, if Hubert is bad. I think yeah. you need to change it up. If he loses and fails, that's but evidence maybe that there's should. a crack in the family. Yes or no? Do you think they should – or do you think they do do that? Yeah. I think I don't think Bubba Cunningham is part of the family necessarily. I think he's his own mind of an, an, okay. an AD. So I do. I think I like to think that he might have some balls. Okay. All right. Let's move on. Hopefully Ari- they don't get to that point for about twenty years. Arizona, Arizona new head coach. Yeah, breaking breaking just came down here across the wire. I'm breaking it myself because yes. you know I'm plugged in. To Bleacher I, Report. I haven't been on Twitter this whole time, so like <laughs> to my knowledge, we're the first people breaking this. I'm plugged into Bleacher Report, and yes. they told me <laughs> that uh, Gonzaga assistant Tommy Lloyd. Arizona okay, job. I did. I think I did see that he was the leader. He was one of the. It was either him or a lot of people thought it was either going to be him or Damon Stoudemire. I saw Damon Stoudemire. Um, Josh Pastner never came up in the in the yeah, that makes me candidates. Sad. Makes me sad. That was weird to me. Yeah, Tommy Lloyd. Breaking news. Your Arizona. thoughts? I don't even know who he is. What? Mark Few is Gonzaga to me. <laughs> see, that's and that's and that's interesting because I think there are some people who think. The, the puppet master kind of behind all the Gonzaga success is actually Tommy Lloyd. I'm going to Google him because I have no idea what he looks like. Handsome man. Really? Is no, he, does he overtake Jay Wright? No. He's okay. You know, yeah. he's an ugly fella. He's six foot four. It's not about height. Automatic point. Man. I, don't, I don't think height matters in coaching. Neither does. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, in coaching. Neither does <laughs> length. doesn't matter in anything from what I've heard, actually. Length is not important at all. All about girth. Girth. Yep. Yes, exactly. And he doesn't too, look too. I'm not. We're getting off this. Anyways, okay. Biggs, do you have anything else? We sort of want stamina. <laughs> That's not important either, right? <laughs> anyway, does a coach's conditioning matter? Not Sean Miller. That man was sweatier than hell. <laughs> he sweat a lot. But uh, Tommy Lloyd, though, he's been a longtime assistant with Gonzaga, and a lot of people kind of credit. They think like he is. Is he like their best recruiter? Yes, he's okay. kind of an ace recruiter, and and we talk about like Gonzaga, like not only have they been they've taken it up a, a notch, right, with their recruiting, their player development stuff is probably as good as anybody across the country. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I think he'd been dubbed kind of the uh, the coach in waiting, but it's not like Mark Few's like sixty years old, you know, like he's not he's not like sixty five, like he's not wearing out. He's also not leaving to go to a great school like North Carolina or anything like that. Yeah, or Minnesota, like Dan Munson did. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, I, I, I'd be interesting to see. I mean, now some guys, 
you know, you see assistants and they're like, they're awesome. And you think to yourself, like that assistant is going to get his job and he's going to be great. And they are not. Sometimes there's a big difference when you move over that, that spot in the chair. Um, and it, but it's, I mean, Arizona's a really, really good program. What assistant coach turned head coach has more success? Hubie or Tommy? Short term, I think Hubert, because I don't know what Arizona's situation is. Aren't, aren't they kind of under the NCAA yeah. FBI investigation kind of thumb here a little bit? They're still in Auburn. Isn't Auburn? It feels like they're always in yeah. the so that, That's what makes the Kessler thing a little bit peculiar, but whatever. Kansas, too. I don't I don't know. Yeah. Like, the NCAA moves slower than molasses on some of this stuff. It's like, can we just can we get this over with? Like, knock out 15 teams right away. Mm-hmm. You know, just get it over with. But I don't know. If Arizona – I mean, Arizona's an awesome job. And that's probably one of the, what, 10, 15 best jobs in the country? You get good recruits. You're going to get great recruits. You're in Tucson, right? Yeah. That's where Arizona is, Tucson? Yeah. You're in a – you're in a – you're in the conference of champions. You're in the you're a, you're in your Pac-12. Yeah, exactly. My favorite conference. I'm a Pac-12 stand. Um, so could be a good hire there. Can he keep keep up with the Dana Altman's, the Mick Cronin's, the I'm trying to think of other coaches in that league. Mark Few. Never mind. <laughs> Brian Dutcher in San Diego State. Yeah, I think Arizona. I mean, Arizona is one of the flag bearer programs for that for that for that conference. So, yeah, if Tommy Lloyd has the recruiting chops that many think he does, I think you can get kids to Arizona. Yeah. You know, I mean, they've had, and Sean Miller had a lot of really good runs. I mean, with Arizona, there was a stretch there where, like, they were consistently one of the top probably ten teams in the country. Over the last two, three, four years now, they've kind of faded. Yeah. Um, I wonder if, how much that has to do with possible sanctions. Right, I think absolutely it has players to don't want to commit if they're not going to play in a tournament. And you'll and you'll notice their recruiting classes since since they had uh, DeAndre Ayton a couple of years ago, they've really gone down. And that was kind of when everything came out was that DeAndre Ayton year in 2018 or whatever it was. I think they're gonna. I think they'll be good. And if Tommy Lloyd, I think I don't know if Tommy Lloyd's going to be a good coach. I know Arizona is is a great spot though to succeed because if you can if you can get good players, you can win really big. All right, you got anything else, Biggs? We're like we were talking at the start of this, but can we fill up a podcast? But I don't even know if we got to most of the stuff. We didn't even really talk about like working thinking about last year or anything. We should, That'll we be should, next time. Let me digest about last year a little bit more. I'm still not yeah. over it. Yeah, talk about that next time. Okay. So yeah, we're just passing an hour here. We'll get out of people's hairs. Um, I know. I'm not even gonna say when the next one is because I have no clue. Um, we thought it was gonna be Monday, but then like we're gonna re- record Sunday, and you were. Um, under the weather, we'll say. Yeah, yeah. What about okay. that? Yeah, I wasn't <laughs> feeling my best self. Yes, you're still. I was not living my best life. You did not have Pedialyte the night before, before you went to bed. No, nor did I eat. <laughs> but we'll get out of here. Um, follow us on Twitter at Midcourt Madness WordPress. You've had some good content up there lately. T- yeah. Where can you find that again? Uh, MidcourtMadness.wordpress.com. Okay. Yeah. Check it out. Yeah. New contents daily this week. Yeah, boom, we're getting better at this. Yeah, we are. Yeah. Laters. Bye.